This is Offspin. But what if my kid can do that after school? In principle, of course, I won't tell him. But uh, what if he never had to work? What if he had enough net worth where he, you know, he can just dream? Of course, it's people will say, no, no, he has to work and blah blah. Give you all that. That is fine. But the freedom to do what he or she wants to do. Can we provide such a platform? It's a it's a third order kind of objective. Yeah. You take right? that. Uh, it is, yeah. So I completely understand that. For many people, investing for retirement is a challenge. Investing for the, the first kid is a challenge. Second kid is a bigger challenge, etc, etc. So I understand that. But beyond all that, this is a, because it's a moving goalpost, can we think about that? Can we think about where they have a platform where they can just do what they, they do something, they try, they fail, they fall back, they do something again. Uh, then they get up, do something again. That's fine. Financially, they're covered. This is something that I've been thinking of. Many people will disagree with me saying it's irresponsible parenting. But somehow, I feel that uh, I think that is the way we dr- uh, drive creativity in our children. If, a, if, a, if, if somebody is creative, then you can, you, you know, if you, you can be that guy who supports them. Mm. Then things, this can be some magic. Hopefully, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I'm dreaming. This is that Offspin original you've all been waiting for. It's time for Let's Get Rich with Patu. Welcome back to part two of Investing for Children. It's been a great chat so far. And if you've heard our episode last week, I think you'll look forward to this second part uh, very keenly. But we ended on a philosophical note, the last episode. And the maths is quickly, constantly coming to my mind about how uh, 10 lakhs at 10% each year becomes 26 lakhs, perhaps in, you know, in due course. What else about financial planning for children should we start looking at and and what is the maths or thumb rules we should be aware of? So, yeah, today there are many online goal planning calculators. Um, you can use them, uh, but you should be really careful about what are the inputs that you put in because many people, uh, they are aware of inflation when it comes to children's future planning, etc. But what they do is they make the mistake of... Uh, entering for the return in the planning calculator there'll be a entry for the return expected they will enter the return expected for equity there mm. and that's not how it works because your portfolio will not be 100% equity and even if you hold let's say 70% of equity you cannot be holding 70% of equity for the entire duration because you will have to sure. start lowering it down so if you take all that into account over the course of your investment duration which is like about 10 to 15 years maybe a little more in some cases it all depends on when you start investing uh, the overall return after tax first of all it will be single digit this will be overall portfolio return it cannot be double digits because you don't right if you're lucky it could be but it's better to you know expect less seven eight is that yeah two, so, two some something safe yeah, right. something like that. Then you're very safe. 
8% you are very safe. Uh, but that would mean, of course, that uh, you will have to compensate for it. So, uh, I, I said inflation is 10-11%. But the overall portfolio return after tax is lower than inflation. So, the real return is negative, which is fine, which, is, which means that you have to a little bit compensate a little bit by investing more. And right. just like in the case of retirement, we said if X is your expense, try to invest 100% of X or up at least 75% of X. I think a simple thumb rule can be take the current cost of the desired college education. And yes, as you said, it's a very hard thing to you know set a goal because you don't know what your child is going to do. But this is where I think uh, parents should keep a diary online or offline. Uh, talk to other parents with children, with older children who have just entered college. Make a list of uh, uh, no college fees. This college, this city costs this much in this year, and and this stream costs this much. Once you have that, you can have some kind of, and then you can discuss with your child what what you want to do and so on, and you get some idea. Then you know whether it's 10 lakhs today or 25 lakhs today, whatever it is, you have some something to play with. It will be fussy. It is uh, bound to change, but you still have some number. You have to enter some number there in the goal planning calculator. And as a thumb rule, I will say, if uh, Y is your current cost of college fees, try to invest 15 to 20% of that cost every year in a 50-50 kind of portfolio, 50% equity, 50% fixed income kind of portfolio. Very interesting. So you've identified perhaps a target college or three target colleges. Roughly, they're around 10 lakhs today. You're saying in invest maybe one and a half to two lakhs per year from this point onwards to reach your goal, correct? And that one and a half to two lakhs should be 50% equity, 50% debt. Yes, approximately, yes. Nice. I have a scary question to ask. What if the current college fees are somewhere like 25, 30 lakh? Are you saying they're also increasing at 10% a year? It could be more. Oh dear. <laughs> the, the, the fancier colleges can afford to hike fees more. Hmm. Uh, see, for example, take the IIT system. The um, IITs would today cost about a, uh, a lakh a semester without any kind of uh, you know uh, scholarships and so on. Uh, and that's just fee? Just the fee. I think the hostel accommodation, etc., etc. comes on top of that. Right. So, say, maybe 5 lakh a year, safely, with uh, books and maybe a little bit of travel. Yeah. So, the, the problem is, for few years, the IIT fees will stay stable. Right. And then they'll suddenly spike up. Just before your child enters college, they'll spike up. So, that's why you need to inflate it by 10%, 11% so that you can handle that shock if it happens right. to you, you know, later. So, an IIT today, 5 lakh a year is basically 20 lakh education today, right? Over 4 years? Yes. With inclusive of fee and books and, you know, and food and travel and a little bit of partying, etc, yeah. etc. Et Alright. Uh, going away from thumb rules and, and perhaps ways of investing, are there any products that we should seriously look at that perhaps the government has introduced or in the private sphere? And we don't shy away from naming anything over here on the show because, you know, we aren't sponsored by anyone. We only mean for the best for our parents who are listening. What do you suggest in terms of products? So, uh, 
just like in the in the case of retirement if there's a product that says retirement plan or a pension plan say no to it similarly here if it's something says child plan or child education plan say no to it you build wow. your own portfolio with liquid products as liquid as possible you can and that will be the best solution to do so in the equity side just as in the case of retirement an index fund would do here also a simple index fund a nifty or a sensex index fund will get the job done so there's no need to go beyond that uh, can i push you a little bit but to why do you shy away from these products what is, what is what are the issues you have with them because there's always going to be a catch they will be expensive uh the returns that uh expensive in the sense that the returns that you get uh would be l- much less would be just like 5 6% mm-hmm. and uh and they will they'll cost a lot more that is uh most people will not have enough money to put 60% in equity and 40% in these products many of these traditional child education products or whatever because they'll cost a lot more so uh what that will do is the the portfolio will be skewed in favor of fixed income therefore that will lower the uh, overall portfolio return much more mm-hmm. and you would fall short of your corpus what about things like Su- sukanya samriddhi i think that's the name i have two girls right uh, parents speak very highly of it are there any things that i need to be worried about or is it just not performing well enough is that your bottom line no no uh, those are uh, the government the sponsored tax free product but the problem is that we must ask who is the product for that product is for the lower income group who you know mistreat uh, you know girl child they marry them off they don't educate them and that's who the product is designed for it's not designed for you and me right for us we like the product because it gives you 0.5% more than the other fixed yeah. than the than ppf and other all other conditions being the same tax free etc etc but the problem with that product is you will get only 50% of the corpus at the time of uh, at the time the girl child turns 18 oh i didn't know that it's not fully liquid it's only liquid after 25 the girl child turns 25 or so i forgot the rule but, but at the time when she's ma- you know of marrying age so right. it's it's not a suitable product for an undergraduate education at best got it maybe you can use it for our marriage or maybe for our postgraduate education maybe and so on but so you have to have liquidity you can't say i'm going to invest all my money in there of course 1.5 lakhs only that's the yeah. maximum and that's not going to be enough yeah. for many of these so and if you invest if you maximize your investment in sukanya uh most of your money would get locked you won't get that won't get only 50% at the time of college uh, and many people enter college before 18 uh, they don't turn 18 uh you know at after when they graduate from school it depends on when they were born and when they got admitted and so on so that's a problem so i would say you don't need it but if you are uh, it's a the, nice to have yeah it's a nice to have thing it. if you like that tax free thing and so on yeah use it maybe for pg or uh, marriage but uh, ppf will get the job done speaking about marriage right that's a big question on our list as well um we've spoken about this education of today we've tried to put some ballparks and you can just explore of what that target university costs today and then do 10% per year increase then there is a the marriage the big marriage big fat indian wedding that you have to plan for 
then there's all kinds of other stuff so does investing for kids part two and this is what my question is fall into different buckets or is it just one corpus how does one approach this problem <laughs> it depends on what you can afford i think you uh, ug is mandatory paying for the ug fee college fees absolutely mandatory there can be no two things about it yeah i think uh, that's a basic as a parent you need to you need to do then uh if you can't afford the pg if you can't afford the marriage it's a happy problem because you can tell the kid i can't this is it i'm done after this i have to take care of my retirement please do what you can mm. you know uh that's a happy problem in my opinion but uh, there are many people who say i won't uh, uh you know pay for pg i will only pay for ug and that's it that is because their their experience we are all victims of our own experience so uh they would say i funded my own uh pg education my ms in the us or something like that therefore i expect my child to do so that may or may not happen right so uh i think we should just be ready to do it even if we tell the kid i won't i think we should plan for it the marriage is a very again the same thing uh, there are many people who funded their marriage today they would say i will not fund my kids marriage fair enough yeah uh, that's all right but there are other issues to it i think uh, the, the young indians have become more and more sexually active these days mm. and uh, there's a possibility of a shotgun marriage very early okay where they are kids in college and they're forced to marry because they have a kid themselves and uh, so that those kind of things it, it can it can be something beyond your control where you have to suddenly pay and those, therefore so the point is the more you plan the lesser are the chances you will draw from your retirement corpus yeah that that should be the fundamental aim of planning that is you you t- think about everything that can happen to you so that you don't just because of some other emergency or some other a uh, goal you don't withdraw from your retirement corpus that is why i keep telling people okay you don't want to fund your uh, child's pg you don't want to fund their marriage fine you tell them that but you plan quietly so that the risk of depleting your retirement corpus is not there and yeah. of course all this means you will have to invest more and more <laughs> so it's a, it's a tricky thing yeah more and more is indeed the the overarching thought when you have kids right when we talk about more and more patu we should just push away all thoughts of having an emergency fund separately for our kids right i mean we're just creating more and more stuff that we have to plan for and put away money for so an emergency fund which is just one emergency fund should perhaps be larger than normal so that it covers emergencies for the kids until i would say school we can manage with just one fund normal kind of monthly expenses mm. about 12 months of expenses we should be able to manage somehow but uh, after that once they become adults there can be situations where they need a chunk of money they would suddenly say i want to you know uh, build a startup so you yeah. fund me go on my gap year <laughs> yeah gap is okay we can fund their day to day expenses but if they say i i want uh, 25 lakhs 30 lakhs for my startup 
you have to get you know touch your retirement corpus then you don't want to do that uh, so it depends so you i mean you can't plan for these that is for sure you can't plan for every kind of thing yeah but you have to be careful about what you what happens you can't be too emotional uh, because some children they're good you can back them some of them are not they just talk but they won't back it with hard work then you should say no the parent should say no the you have to find some other way that, that so it's a, it's a hard thing to do it's not easy i'm reminded of how you said when we were talking about real estate and property and how we when we are planning for that we just never think about retirement our own retirement and how you have to be very emotional about that to make the right decisions for property and real estate as well do you feel the same thing about kids or is kids something that is too emotional a topic which perhaps takes precedence over your retirement so everything becomes emotional with us that is our uh, that is our uh, i would say our strength as well as weakness in india so uh, of course it's true for everybody everybody is emotional we just think that we are more emotional than the others but we don't have any special <laughs> realm to be in but uh, yes but uh, we had to be careful about what we say yes to beyond a point to children uh, if it, if they are going to keep uh, asking us for money uh, then and then it's it's trouble for us because then they they may not be independent on their own and so they can't take care of us anyway so if we are going to deplete our corpus for them then we'll be in trouble they are not going to take care of us we don't have enough money on our own it's a big problem so it's tough it's it's really really tough we can't uh, <laughs> there are no generics here right we've got a very interesting question from mudita in our team and uh, one is around insurance she says there's something called a premium waiver benefit do you want to discuss a little bit about that patu and how uh, what it basically means is uh, you know if you buy an insurance policy and you happen to pass away this premium waiver benefit ensures that your child does not have to pay that premium and then gets the benefits of it when it uh, you know matures i don't know if maturing is the right word but what are your thoughts about this and yeah so that would be uh, typically uh, the case in a child plan that, that says that is for my child the child's college future plan college plan etc that kind of a uh, rider or a waiver would be there but we are saying don't buy those mm. period so we don't need to worry about it you have products buy from the government ppf sukanya uh equity mutual funds maybe some debt mutual funds little bit of them that's that should be more than enough to get the job done you don't need it and you said something interesting in our in our call before we started recording about how you need to opt for that because once you pass away you can't opt for that do you no, want to no, talk that, a little bit about that, that that is with respect to the term insurance that is right. the uh, forget the act name the married uh, mw can you can you see that i forgot um, it says set. pwb or was it the mwp act i'm sure of yeah. 1874 right yeah so this th is for married women property act of yeah. 1874 so that just means uh, you can't touch that uh, so the people who who you owe money to they can't uh touch that uh, right that's the case with ppf as well so yes th but that's a thing that you have to opt for at the time of buying term insurance term life insurance understood yeah uh if you have got term life insurance without opting for this option then uh you can't go back and correct it as far as i know you can't go back and correct it so, so this is so interesting mudita thanks for pointing it out it's the mwp act of 1874 
which really protects you if the proposer passes away. And perhaps people don't talk about this enough. I have bought term insurance plans and I'm just clueless about this particular thing. What if, what if I do owe people money, Patu? And thankfully I do not, but there are people who have home loans and, you know, other kinds of debt. No, Why isn't this talked about openly enough? So home loan is not a problem. Because okay. no bank will sell you a home loan uh, without uh, getting themselves the insurance. There will be a uh, insurance with reducing cover. So as the as you pay premiums on the home loan balance decreases, uh, the term insurance balance also will decrease. So in case the the person passes away, the house will remain with the family. The bank will simply say stop paying EMIs, uh, and uh, they'll just you know take the money from the. Uh, uh, insurance because they are the nominees so Understood. that's paid off but there's one catch here i just learned this uh i learned of a situation in a family the bank said pay one extra emi after the person had passed so <laughs> that so that's but for uh, one month just for one month after right. that they said they will take care of the uh, take care of it via the insurance so those are uh, so loans that kind of loans is not a problem home loan is right. not a problem but there are many business people uh, who will borrow from, you know, unregulated sources, from relatives, from people, you know, on the street and so on. They are in trouble. Mm. But, but what if you have a business loan from a bank? Is that affected with this? Uh, no, that is, that won't be. The The bank cannot touch your uh, thing. But the problem is, if it is, if it is a regulated kind of thing from a bank or some kind of, uh, you know, lending agency, then it's easier to fight. But if you're getting the loan from some relative uh, or some goon on the street, a uh, loan shark, as they call, they wouldn't care about any act. They would exactly, still harass you. Exactly, that's my point. Yeah, They would still harass you. So, you have to be careful about uh, how you do it. But it's an okay. important consideration. So, as we wind down this entire topic of investing for children, uh, one key fact or one key question, you'll have various kinds of parents, what to such as yourself who started planning even before Chinchu was born. People like me who started planning perhaps when we realized we needed to when kids were around three or four years old. Luckily, it didn't turn out to be too late. And there are kid, uh, you know, parents perhaps who are listening to this who have not started putting away money for the kids and now the kids are around 10, 12, 14 years old. Is there any difference in approach for these parents apart from just trying to put away more and more and how do you avoid risk? I mean, what I'm trying to understand, is there any change in approach for these kind of three situations? Oh, most uh, definitely. So uh, the kind of portfolios we talked about where we say 50% equity or 60% equity is for young parents. Uh, like up to three years, you can, uh, uh, when the child is three years, you still have a leeway of 15 years to uh, college. So that's fine. But once the child is much older, you can't invest more in equity. Mm. So you will have to change your portfolio significantly. It can uh, So as the child grows older, the equity and you start late, then the equity allocation will reduce significantly. And if the child is already in, uh, let's say, 6th uh, standard, 7th standard, I would say it will be a predominantly debt portfolio. Uh, and Isn't that counterintuitive though, where people, parents want to accelerate this fund for the children and therefore they look at equity as as the only option and how does one you know wrap their mind around the fact that they know it should only be in debt no the problem is there's not enough time to manage the risk hmm. see 
in equity the key aspect is you need time uh, in case the market fails and it stays failed for several years that's your biggest risk of equity investing if that happens during the time your kid is in school and a big chunk of those years are gone then you are uh, you're in deep trouble you have to compensate it some way some other way so that's the reason why uh, if you are if your kid is a toddler first standard second standard third standard you can take this risk of right. 50% equity but six standard seven standard you cannot so you have to have a predominantly fixed income portfolio but uh, to handle this inflation you'll have to compensate by investing more unfortunately this is the problem so that's the yeah. price of starting late and and i guess there's just no way around that start early people who are planning kids start early if you're a, if you're a new parent um, and even if you're a 25 year old techie listening to pattu right there is a chance children might enter your life so you never know it's never too early uh pattu let's end this episode on a on something i've been waiting to talk about for a long time which is your book chinchu gets a superpower a very very interesting book and i feel this book is the is the magic sauce where every parent it will help every parent even plan for their children's future and i'll tell you why i feel it's such a such an important thing the biggest problem by while having young kids is are their demands right um and they are influenced so often by what they see around them by their peers by their friends and it becomes a stress point the more they ask for i think it is the biggest service you can do and this is not a plug or maybe it is a plug because it's part two right it's the biggest service you can do to get the thoughts that patu has put into that book chinchu gets a superpower and discuss it with your child i think for me it was such an eye opener because they need to be part about this financial planning right they need to be they need to be aware about how it's affecting the parents and planning for their future um but to what made you write that book tell us the story behind it so uh, i i've been encountering people in the in the forums and in life about and they always say how can i get my child uh you know interested in money management mm. and uh, because they started late they talked about the power of compounding etc etc late they say i want to teach all that i tell them look if you start teaching them concepts they're going to look at it as just another subject and forget about it yeah because un- unless and until you earn that money and you see the money getting spent you will not realize the importance of managing it properly so that can wait however we can actually teach them uh how to research about a product uh because like you said peer pressure is a very important thing for example there is this playstation thing uh, i i get uh, the gaming consoles whatever right yeah. so uh, i have a, a very nice book written by a reader about that and that is how i started bundling this idea so uh, let's say you, your chi- your child wants this uh you know the latest gaming console yeah X- xbox whatever whatever they call i uh so you can kind of urge your child as a, a to tell them look instead of buying a gaming console why don't you think about the buying a you know custom made pc hmm. where you have this colorful fans they have right and i don't know what they call so that can be used for gaming it can be used for your research for your homework 
etc and it will last a lot longer and it is much more robust but for that you do the research i'm not saying i won't buy you this you buy but when you do the research you're going to realize that you're going to get yourself a better product than what your friends are having you can flaunt it before them and that's going to last a lot longer you can upload anything you want in it do whatever so that way you tell them you go do research mm. and i say i in my opinion research is the best form of delay gratification absolutely so you have the shiny object that you want to you you covet and you want to possess but you you start reading about it and you realize oh it's not so shiny after all maybe something that's better that looks dull but it's actually you know much more useful than this product but that comes when you obsess about doing the research so i i have that's what i do every big purchase i you know i spend a lot of time researching and that helps me learn things and so uh, in my opinion uh that is the gift that we can impart to children tell them nothing is off the table we are not going to say no to you but you do research you come and tell me is this the best bang for the buck go find out other options go look at youtube videos i often forget that uh, the younger people uh use youtube as a search engine for them google is not a search engine they go yeah. straight to youtube and search so i mean there are lots and lots of tutorials and videos of the pros cons unboxing this and that and so on go look at all that then i've always seen that my mindset has changed i was focused on one brand one spec then i'll buy something very different absolutely and be happier i'm happier with that so i so i wanted to see if i can try and put that into kind of a format which the young people would appreciate and yeah it has done reasonably well i would say the young people there are many young people who have written to me uh you know as feedback and, oh it's fabulous and, and i'll tell you what you haven't spoken about part 2 it's once you do that research and you figure out i'm happier this is what i want instead you also include the children in the planning of buying that right you don't it's not a one shot and if it's a one shot why is it a one shot and you even speak about this entire envelope system in your book and how you need to start putting aside money that mommy and papa are earning every single month and then you understand how everything fits into your life i think this is the missing ingredient for all kinds of investing for kids so that they help you with spends uh with investing etc etc one final question patu i don't know if you ever thought about this right one day your kid is going to be 18 20 25 etc etc at what point do you give them access to controlling their own money that you invested for them number one and at what point do you give them access to the entire family's money <laughs> that's a good point uh, so uh, that that uh, brings me to this what i want to say many people uh, when they want to you know start their kids on money management they open a savings bank account for them they open some kind of mutual fund account also they invest in the name of the child and so on i would recommend against it because it really doesn't uh help them in any way because when i was young my father used to say you need to learn to write a check you need to learn to write a demand draft nobody does that anymore hmm. of course i i still occasionally write the check but 
nobody writes demand drops anymore it's all changed the technology is uh, completely yeah. changed right so you don't need to teach them those kind of uh, banking rules or money management rules and i don't think a minor account is going to be of any use to them and i don't believe in the system of pocket money i i, my, I believe that if the child wants something they should come to us and say i want this and this is when the discussion like you said we include them on the research and say is this really helpful for you even if it is some uh, even if it's an ice cream you are you ask them questions is this really of help to you is this going to help you are you uh, uh, you know uh, is it healthy eating that much sugar in in a concentrated form those kind of questions you ask and my son gets gets real angry when i do that because it he says you, <laughs> you, you make me guilty i said that's the idea <laughs> so but yeah uh, so this is it and giving them control i would say it's need based once they get into college uh they can have they have to you know fend for themselves depending on where they are especially if they are in the hostel environment we have to push them uh, some money into their account every month and so on then they have the control to do that of course within limits uh before that it's very dangerous to do it to school children especially if the kids are in some kind of preteen you know the uh, the adolescent age that's when they want to break all the rules that's when they want yeah. to rebel so don't give them too much money Uh, access to money especially uh, i mean kids are very smart these days because if you are logged into websites and so on they can get all your passwords mm. they can spend you know the, even if it's in your account they can you know uh, authorize the spend figure it out yeah, yeah they can figure it out so it's very dangerous so it's better not to do that so it's better to always to say you can come and ask me anything but we will discuss it and then we will buy what is within our budget and what is suitable for you so that kind of a it's always better to uh, you know encourage them to talk about spending uh, uh, rather than anything else so patu have you ever thought about whether money is the only thing you leave behind for them and as here on our team wants to know is it more valuable when you teach them how to fish very subjective kind of thing of course it's important to leave them good values but uh, that assumes that we have them ourselves and we may or may not uh the the point is do we have time to do that mm-hmm. uh there's a this thing that the time when the kids are young we are busy with our lives and when we are retired and we They can don't spend have time, time for us uh, there's a very nice song i forgot cats on the cradle i think uh with the silver spoon yeah that's the song that depicts it so so i think we should spend time with our children mm. as much as possible and uh, when when we do that automatically i think we will be leaving them uh, with a lot more than just money beautifully put on that note i think it's fair to bring this two part discussion on investing for children to a close and so while some of y'all battle with the thought of even having children and some of y'all battle with the thought of you know children entering your lives without planning um whatever the case may be whether you're in one camp which believes it's all about the continuation of your life and you know what is life without children and the other camp about enjoying life separately whatever it may be try and impart this knowledge about investing for children try and and think about the people around you and and how they are 
raising and investing children. And I think this world might be a better place. But two last thoughts before we close. Thank you so much for today's episode. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was great talking about this with you as well. So, uh, I have a couple of things to say. One is that I think our children should be free to talk to us at all times, at all ages. So, now, uh, when they are young, they always come running to us when they are in trouble or they are happy. Or But after they you know, cross over into the teens, they kind of quieten down. And... Uh, they uh, they talk a little bit with the mother typically they talk much less with the father mm. and uh, that's when all this trouble starts especially in college uh, i see that a lot um, f- from where i work these kids they don't open up about their problems and uh, that's because the parents expect them to live life in a certain way they say when i was young i did that my father did this so I expect you to do that doesn't work. Mm. That never works. And they they keep quiet. They uh, they don't share their troubles with their parents. And uh, even if whether it's money trouble or any any trouble, they don't share. So I think we should, as parents, we should create an environment where the children are free and to talk to us. Any problem, they come to us first. So then that automatically means they can live happier, productive lives. We don't interfere, but we provide the advice. We provide counsel, but not... uh, So that's one thing I wanted to say. The other thing is, I once wrote an article, What if our children never had to work? Mm. This was taken uh, in the wrong sense by many people. Very few people got what I wanted to say. So what I wanted to say was that uh, the same thing like what what, uh, Das did. Offer them a platform where they can do anything. See, all I ever wanted to do in life was just dream, do nothing, eat my breakfast and dream uh, in the hot Chennai, uh, you know, summer. That's all I ever wanted to do. I want, of course, I could never do that because I financially I could never manage. Maybe now I, I could. But what if my kid can do that after school? In principle, of course, I won't tell him. But uh, what if he never had to work? What if he had enough net worth where he, you know, he can just dream? Of course, it's people will say, no, no, he has to work and blah, blah, give you all that. That is fine. But the freedom to do what he or she wants to do. Can we provide such a platform? It's a it's a third order kind of objective. Yeah. You right? I, uh, it is. Yeah. So I completely understand that for many people. Investing for retirement is a challenge. Investing for the the first kid is a challenge. Second kid is a bigger challenge, etc, etc. So I understand that. But beyond all that, this is a because it's a moving goalpost. Can we think about that? Can we think about where they have a platform where they can just do what they they do something they try, they fail, they fall back, they do something again, uh, then they get up, do something again. That's fine. Financially, they're covered. This is something that I've been thinking of. Many people will disagree with me saying it's irresponsible parenting. But somehow I feel that uh, I think that is the way we dr- uh, drive creativity in our children. If, a, if, a, if, if somebody is creative, then you can, you, you know, if you, you can be that guy who supports them. Hmm. Then things, this can be some magic. Hopefully. I don't know. I mean, it's just, I'm dreaming. Yeah. But 
sometimes it's good to train but to never fails to surprise us right i think that was parenting 101 spend time with them that's the most important thing give them a platform to thrive and dream and then put aside some money for them and these two episodes was all about that but as he also said make sure you're that parent that whenever there's trouble you're the first person they come to and when there's financial trouble in your life let let's get rich with patu should be the first people you come to so please write in let, please contribute please share this with everyone and thank you so much for listening today patu what a pleasure thank you take care bye bye you just heard let's get rich with patu an offspin original isn't it the coolest show you've heard in the indian podcasting space and even if it isn't what's the point of getting rich alone right share this show with those you care about and perhaps even with those you don't care about but make sure you share this show with only those who you don't mind being richer than you the music on this show was created by patu's biggest fan rajesh ravi and everyone on the offspin team had some part or the other to play on the show let me name them quickly harshli nisrani krishant das sandeep banerji arif chagla anand krishnan rajesh ravi and heer khan heer by the way is also to be blamed for giving patu his gangster look which is how he looks on a daily basis um and me sidhant your host let's get rich is available on all audio platforms wherever you consume your podcasts so spread the word and we'll see you next week You know we do this show only to help you guys, right? But if you're listening and you're that one person who has perhaps lost money and are holding it against Patu or me for making you lose that money, then not only are you a mean person, but you also need to listen to this legal disclaimer. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any financial advice. Views expressed are not official positions of financial institutions or Patu or mine for that matter. Although we strongly believe in them, listen to this disclaimer even more carefully. We recommend consulting a qualified professional before making decisions. We disclaim liability for inaccuracies or losses from using this information in our show. By listening you agree that the host, guests and producers are not only awesome people, but they are not responsible for your financial decisions or outcomes. This is Offspin. Oh.